How much time do you want for your progress? progress, progress. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Clatter Chatter on Things That Matter, the podcast that is intellectually engaging, theologically reflecting, encouraging sociologically, imagining ways in which we can live. Thank you for spending this short amount of time with us. We promise you that you will not regret a moment of it. Shout out to Trevor Smith and V.J. Herbert for commissioning this fantastic music to get our minds going on things eternal, positive, and fulfilling life's purposes. I want to share a pre-recorded session with a dear colleague and friend, the Reverend Dr. Rapunzel Drake. Here now, this session. So the question is, what's the church? What is the church? What's the, what's the whole point of it? What, what's the purpose of church? The communities that gathered in the New Testament after the death and resurrection of Jesus, what was the purpose of those? And, and then... Put a, put a pin in that and ask, and what has become the purpose of the church over the years? You know, you think of the Crusades and all other kinds of atrocities, the Inquisitions, uh, slave trade, and, and the blessing, you know, of, of the religious institutions on that slave trade, on human trafficking. Then you come down to today and the blessings of the church in bed with uh, capitalism or communism or any other ism. What has been the purpose of the church? And, and you think about the black church that would have been my great-grandparents and grandparents' heritage. What was the purpose of that church through navigating uh, post-slavery and into uh, the first and second wave of civil rights. What was the purpose of church? And then what is it that is the purpose today? That's, that's my question. It's a, it's a deep question, and it's a question that we wrestle with because, you know, I go back um, the, as we reimagine space that was technically a building, and everything that we've studied from the ancient text, especially with the house church movement, it was never relegated to time or space. Even going back further to the Old Testament, when when David, when the monarchy of, of David's reign wanted to locate the tabernacle into a physical space, locating this this representation of God from this moving tent that was symbolic of the exodus, that God was always reminding them of, of this transient nature as a, as a temporary dwelling, moving forward towards the promise. And then David, in his wanting to do something because he had built him a posh place and he had the unmitigated gall to say, how can I live like this and 
this invisible presence is in a tattered tent. And so he decided he was going to build a stationary location. And then the prophet Nathan delivered the message from God. Because in those days, there were prophets attached to the king so that they could have a moral compass. And Nathan was like, David, thus says the Lord. Did, did I ask you? As a matter of fact, David, you too ratchet to build anything for me. Uh, your hands are tainted and dirty. You, you, you have, you know, kind of had a man killed because you wanted his wife and all this other kind of stuff. You got the big head syndrome. You, you were doing a, you a man after my own heart, but I don't need your hands to build me anything. Well, it goes to, it goes to, um, you know, we compare ourselves to others around us. And so here you had these nomadic people who wanted what they saw the other cultures around them having. They wanted a king. Come on, talk, Doc. And so they got themselves a king. And now they want a, a central... <laughs> A center of worship. Lord have mercy. So, so they're going to situate God and, and build a castle for God's presence. Uh, but, but, but turning back again to the New Testament, I think it's so funny. <laughs> the first place that we see a group of disciples together gathered in one place. The first place post-resurrection in John's gospel for fear of the Jews. It was out of fear that they were gathered in one place. That is what the church does today. Out of fear, we get into these places and get ourselves cozy, comfortable, and fed, and you can't move us out into the communities. We are terrified. Lord have mercy. Hiding behind closed doors, trying to figure this out, trying to save ourselves, comfortable where we are, afraid to stretch. And what is so interesting is, and, and I go back, so you got the New Testament down, but here's what I believe. It was Isaiah who said, in the year the king Uzziah died, <laughs> he saw, saw the, the Lord. He saw the, and the train, <laughs> filled, the train of his robe filled, filled the, the temple. temple. So what does that mean? That the bottom of the image of, of God's robe filled the temple. That text always meant to me that God is outside of the building. <laughs> that you only got the, the, the phylacteries, the, 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 the hem of the, of the garment. That God has always been bigger Amen. than time, space, location. God could be everywhere all at the same time. At the beginning and at the end. Mm. But we go about singing, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Because, you know, we have this need for God to be where we are. We have not yet fed the need within us that God is to be met out there. Heaven and earth are full of thy glory. We keep wanting to, to come and again to the central place. I can feel the presence of the Lord in this place. 
We want him to feed us right there. But if we really want the presence of God and the fullness of that presence, it's to be found beyond the doors because we're just getting the train. And what's so interesting um, is, is that so many people can capitalize in a capitalistic culture to market and make money off of being the Holy Ghost headquarters, or this is the only pr- place where you can get your exactly. praise on. Exactly. Or buy my book because I'm telling you that if you raise up your dollar, God is going to bless your dollar and be damned to everybody else. In fact, we even sing it. We say uh, in that song that I've re- referenced, I see glory on each face that is within this place gathered. What about the glory of God that's on the faces of the folk that are by the wayside? That's what Jesus was about. He never was in one place very long. Again, this sense of the moving presence of the divine among us. But we want to situate it in one place. And you know... Dr. Ray, I struggle because we have been in this interesting space of a pandemic and still we hear folks saying that God is keeping them from dying from coronavirus or their faith is strong enough that they may not need to wear a mask or even get vaccinated. And I'm saying in my soul, you mean to tell me 5 million people didn't have faith? You mean to tell me, I mean, that's around the world. Mm-hmm. That's the global impact of COVID-19. But if we geo, if we located in the geopolitics of this nation, that has the unmitigated gall to always say, God bless America or in God we trust. Like, this is the only land that God has God's eye on. And so I can will God um, because I'm, I'm that holy, I'm that pious, I'm that righteous, mm-hmm. and I'm that arrogant to think that I'm the only one in this world. Well, we are the only ones who are, have our particular DNA genomic codices if you will but god is the god of the universe as you always say beyond the intergalactic space that we know nothing about Lord every living mercy. creature every and and of the dead mm-hmm. of the ancestors mm-hmm. you know the greater cloud of witnesses, energy cannot be created, neither can it be destroyed. God is still the God of the ancient of times, the ancient of days, mm. as well as what we say, the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. <laughs> Do we really believe that? But yet we want to locate God where we're located and put limits on God because we're limited. And, would, and we are dying, literally, to get back Ooh. into those centers where we worship. We are dying to get back into those places rather than saying, now that I'm fully vaccinated and now that I have a booster, 
how might God call me to be a servant to people right here in my community? I don't see more volunteers at local schools uh, to go and read. I'm, I, I know that a lot of places are still off limits to folks, but I don't see that side of the church that wants to stretch out its arms and to be the church in ministry beyond the comforts of our locked doors. For fear, we want to gather again and rub elbows to give ourselves the warm coziness that we are all right. As the old preachers would say, ain't he all right? That's what we're looking for. And it's beyond our denominations, judicatories, um, uh, doctrinal beliefs. It, it, But that has pretty much incarcerated us into um, this mentality that that we we know more than God, mm. and so the only place and the only way we can do it is how we've always done it, and this is what is so comfortable that uh, if you go beyond this, then uh, you, we can declare you a heretic, kick you out of the church, defrock you, um, because for some for some reason you really believe. That God is the God of all. And here's what I know. I don't believe that Jesus would even belong to any of our denominations. Well, he wouldn't be welcomed. The the Jesus of Scripture wouldn't be welcomed by most of our congregations. First of all, we'd be angry because he would begin to tell us all the many ways in which we have blasphemed God, the many ways in which we, not unlike those first century Jews who were courting the leadership of the Greeks, uh, we have done the same. And so as he would begin to call us out, if you will, I think our, our judicatories, our denominational heads, our congregations would be angry. And we see that. We see that when, when, when Jesus walks and moves among us in the power of the Holy Spirit and we are called to say, yes, black lives matters, then other folks want to talk about blue lives or all lives. Or when we see that, that Jesus walks among us and says, uh, 20, 30 years ago, let's move to heal the AIDS epidemic. We saw people want to blame that on lifestyles and life choices. So, yeah, we would have a hard time. We wouldn't accept Jesus among us. When Jesus would, would come and condemn us for the ways in which we utilize people as commodities, commodifying human flesh for profit and for gain. And when we allow there to be these uh, huge gaps in corporate salaries as opposed to the working masses, and we amen that because they write us a check. No, we would, we would really have a difficult time with Jesus in our churches today. And somehow we have made the choice of worshiping other gods, money, 
power, prestige, denominations, and at the same time being worthless in the world because there's so many people who are looking for authenticity and integrity, hope, peace. To me, those are the essence of what it means to live out a salvific existence that that somehow this hope that was brought forth into this world after the convoluted misconception or misconstruing of the laws and even the prophets of old that this word made flesh spin on the head this convention that was established as these are the rules of order. And and everything Jesus in history did was this reversal with the Beatitudes, the only sermon he ever preached, Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who mourn. It's like, how does that make sense? But he 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 just opposed that to the Roman Empire that was, like you were saying, still living out the Hellenistic movement of Alexander the Great, taxation without representation, that if you were a tent maker, which he got his motley crew of disciples, you had the tent makers, you had the tax collectors, you had all of these dredges of society, because if you were a day laborer, that's why that, that model prayer, give us this day our daily bread. If you were a day laborer, you were overly taxed. That sounds like us in the United States today. <laughs> Middle class, working class, we're doubly taxed. Tax, <laughs> taxation without representation is exactly what this Jesus movement brought forward. That this was like giving hope. I mean, to be a fisherman, you, were, you didn't own any property. You had to go make your living by catching fish, and then you stunk. You didn't smell good. You were, you were, you were funky, mm-hmm. and and that set up this whole holiness code. You 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 didn't smell good. You couldn't you couldn't be ritualistically clean. All of this stuff, and here this Jesus is, and this is what God's kingdom gonna look like. Everybody, a motley crew of folks who just trying to make it. <laughs> The wretched of the earth. The wretched of the earth. And then you look and all we got to do, we don't have to look far to find where ministry is. We know where the wretched live. We know and we avoid those places. We know where the wretched are. And those are not the people that we want to become members of our great cathedrals. So that I am. I mean, if we can't see ourselves... As being part of the, the resident alien, the outcast, the marginalized. And this is what gets me, Doc. Black folks trying to act like they ain't never been the, in the margins. We, well, we, we moved still on in up. the margins. We, no, we moved on up. And, and so all of those that get left behind, we have blamed them for their own poverty. We were looking at the text. I'm reminded of the song theme song of the Jeffersons, and I'll need you to tune in to part two of this amazing podcast.
as we have moved on up. that we never forget that we are each other's keeper. Until we meet again, tune in to the second part of this podcast, The Moving Presence of the Divine. Thank you, Reverend Dr. Rapunzel Drake, for such an enlightenment. It has been a privilege, a pleasure, and an honor to have you join in with us today. Remember that everything will be all right until we meet again. Stay safe and well.